0: Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Welcome to To a new episode of Mobility and Inclusion, I am your host, Harut Markarian, and my guest today is the well-known communications, performance, and mindfulness expert, Kate Eggman. Kate helps her clients succeed by guiding them to identify who they are beneath their titles and labels. She incorporates a mind-body-spirit approach into her coaching engagements, recognizing that when we take care of our inner world, our outer world takes care of itself, Kate was an academic All-American swimmer at Penn State University, where she got her BA in communications. She then received her master's degree in broadcast journalism. So I'm going to tell you now, any rookie mistakes in during our interview, I apologize up front, okay?
1: <laughs> You're going to be great. Thank you for having me here.
0: No, Kate, welcome. welcome to the show. Uh, I'm also going to say that Kate is the author of the Full Spirit Workout Book, a 10-step uh, system to shed your self-doubt, strength, your spiritual core, and create a fun and fulfilling life. Kate, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you and your audience.
0: Oh, I'm happy to have you. Thank you for giving us your time. And there's, a, you know, there's something I didn't mention in the, in the introduction, uh, and that gradu- you graduated with the highest level from Columbia University's executive and organizational coaching program. And you are a certified International Coaching Federation coach and a licensed NBI consultant. So why did you decide to go into coaching?
1: I really have a desire to allow people to be seen and heard and acknowledged. And I've always been a very curious person, asking a lot of questions. It's one of the reasons I got into journalism, to tell stories and (laughs) ask a million questions and get answers and learn about people and not just what they were presenting on the surface, but really what made them tick and what was going on with them at their core and and underneath the hood of the car, as I like to say, and coaching was really a next progression in that in terms of, um, I had been, I had been a client for so many years. I had my first coach when I was 23 years old and I just saw the tremendous benefits of working with a coach, a a highly skilled, trained, certified professional coach. Um, I've worked with some coaches that didn't have any training or credentials and, and it was fine, but I, I think it is important. You know, I come from a family of doctors and who had to go through a lot of training. Not everybody can call themselves a doctor. Thank God. Um, but I really did take the craft and still do take, the craft very seriously because somebody's well-being is is in your in your hands, quite frankly. And I think we should take the profession a bit more seriously, and especially in a world where everyone and their sister is labeling themselves as a coach. Um, but ultimately I just wanted to develop the skill set to help people actualize their full potential for people to really tackle some of those less tangible roadblocks that were prohibiting them from feeling fulfillment or reaching new heights of success. So um it's a passion of mine, obviously, and, and I'm, I, I, I like to keep learning and growing and, and adding to my skill set to help people in an even more profound way. That's
0: great. It's actually great that you said that, uh, you know, everybody and their, I would say everybody and their mother label, labeled themselves as, as a coach. You said sister, but, you know, all in the same context. So uh, how do you identify? Let's forget about the labeling and the certifications and all that. Uh, And I've worked with a lot of coaches as well. Some were very influential. Some were mm, whatever, you know. Uh, So how do you identify or can tell that someone is really a good coach that you can benefit from?
1: First and foremost, they're focusing on your agenda. That's one of the guiding principles is focus on the client's agenda. And so many people are projecting their own once needs issues insecurities onto you, or making it more about them rather than about the client, and that's very harmful. Um, there's an acronym called WAIT, which is why am I talking? That's something good to keep in mind when you're coaching, because if you're doing more talking or more work than the client. You're doing something, but you're not doing coaching. So you're gonna have to label it something else. And I think what separates a, a, a good coach from even a great coach is the ability to listen deeply, not only to what's being said, but what isn't being said. And then the the meta listening, like listening in the in the collective and what's going on in the world and how that relates to the person. That's what we would call whole person coaching technique. So someone who's coaching the whole person, not just um, their intellect, or not just what's happening on the outside, but someone who's coaching the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual aspect of the whole person.
0: And, and I'm assuming that's why, and which is, I agree with everything you said. And I'm assuming that is why you talk about mind, body and spirit, right? Because it's, it's, a, it's a complete entity instead of just focusing on the body or the mind or all three has to line up for you to be able to get value from your coach.
1: Absolutely. And what I'm finding with my clients is they they don't need my help at their job in terms of, you know, I work with private equity folks or uh, CPAs, for instance, they are doctors or professional athletes. They don't need help dunking. And there's a coach for that. They don't need help with the numbers. They're highly skilled, highly trained, very successful individuals. But what I'm finding is that everybody needs help with finding more meaning and fulfillment in their lives, despite all the outward success. Everyone needs help having uncomfortable, difficult conversations. Everyone needs a confidence boost in some area of their life. And so... Again, it's these less tangible roadblocks, the stress, the fear, the anxiety, the exhaustion, the overwhelm um, that people are aware of, but not really addressing because they're looking at the outside. But for me, the work is really about getting to the core of the issue and addressing the cause rather than the effect.
0: Absolutely. Uh, And that's a good segue for, you know, I I had prepared a few things that I wanted to ask you, but you're taking me off my... uh... (laughs) train of thought which is cool uh this was uh, what you're what you're saying kind of like made me think of meditation and i know you're an expert in uh, meditation so what's the importance of meditation and why should people meditate more
1: I think it gives you that moment to pause and, and pause is one of my pillars of confidence, my seven P's of success, if you will. And just taking that moment before responding to the upsetting email, before you tell the jerk, they're being a jerk and you're ruining the relationship or connection forever. Um, Meditation helps you connect with yourself and your breath and your truth, and your power, and we don't access this enough. Uh, we think we can do it all, all on our own. We're listening to the ego mind that says you're not as cute, smart, talented than the girl or guy on Instagram or at, at the office or in your family, and it takes us out. Whereas meditation brings us back in. It reminds us who we are. I think we're all guilty of falling asleep to the truth of who we are from one time or another. This reminds us. And then we become more practiced at listening to that divine wisdom and bringing that down into our hearts and to our bodies where it lives as wisdom rather than listening to all the nonsense. So you become powerful. As I like to say, you're fine tuning your instrument so that you can then play it for the world.
0: I I say it as a Uh, getting connected to infinite intelligence, which is God, universe, whatever you want to call it. But uh, it's, it's, you know, it's very powerful and uh, you presenting it in a succinct way. It's uh, just, just highlights your, your, your ability to just work with anyone and take them to, to, to the level that they want to be at. Right. And uh, so uh, to that uh, sense, so what is the most challenging thing uh, you experienced when guiding your clients to, identify who they are beneath their title. So what's the challenge there? What, in your experience?
1: I think some people haven't dared to go there. Um, They're uncomfortable. They're embarrassed. They, again, are living up on the surface of the ocean rather than scuba diving and down on the ocean floor where all the beautiful fish and and plant and sea life is. And so it's inviting them to come to that, that magical and expansive place within themselves where all this juicy wisdom lives and and they get to expand and grow into the person who can actually achieve their cherished goals. But first we've got to look at ourselves. And I know that it's, it's difficult and challenging for some people. And so taking little baby steps and, and, you know, slowly inviting them in to the shallow end and, and allowing them to get not just more comfortable with me, but with, with themselves and knowing that, it's okay. And there's no shame in talking about your feelings or where you're struggling. Um, I have clients who say, oh, I feel like I'm just venting. And I, I say, listen, this is a no pretend zone. You need to get it out. But yes, then we are going to release it and then come up with some action strategies so that we can do something about this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that's great because a lot of people get caught up into what, what's happening outside and that they forget about how they're dealing with it from the inside, right? And that's the most important thing. Well, if you're not connected internally, everything that is happening around you can affect you and that's not good. Um, so, you know, and part of this to take people from where, they're, where they are in their current situation to where they wanna be, uh, you, I think, uh, draw a plan. Right. Draw a plan with someone to take them to where, to where, where they want to be. And in my experience, uh, a lot of people, the majority of people don't know how to either don't know how to draw up a plan or they don't have a plan. They're just, you know, on cruise control. So why is planning important to take you to the next level?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm the most spontaneous person. I like to fly by the seat of my pants. That said, it is important to have a plan to get you from where you are now to to where you want to go. And this involves a series of questions. And one of the most important questions in this, this roadmap or game plan is, Why is this goal important to you right now? Um, Your why is is your superpower. It's your purpose. It will keep you going when you're tired, when you want to throw in the towel, and when you can't do it for yourself, your why, you'll do it for that why, that greater cause or organization, the, the team, the family member your health, whatever it is. And so spending some time to get really clear on why this goal is even important to you. For instance, after writing a book, everyone and their sister, mother, whatever we want to say, says they want to write a book or they're writing a book. And I think, great. Why do you want to write a book? And and some of the answers I get, I think, wow, this person's never going to write this book because it's a very weak why. A weak why looks something like, I want to write this book so I can get more likes on Instagram. I want to write this book so more people know about me. And and those things are fine, but that's not going to keep you going. It's a very superficial reason. For me, my why was, two men who I lost to suicide and and wanting to write the book and, and loving memory of them, which I dedicated the book to them. And for everyone who's struggling with mental health, which turns out is all of us. We all struggle with our mental health in, in some way, in some capacity. So A plan is important because it holds you accountable. It keeps you organized. I know life can get overwhelming. I'm someone who juggles so many different things. I need that step-by-step. And even I put into my game plan for my clients, the contingency plan. So, you know, because we all know that, oh, here's our route to get from LA to Chicago. We're taking a road trip and you get to Colorado and all the roads are closed. So we all need that contingency plan of how do we get a row around these road closures and delays and, and to think in a broader scale?
0: Absolutely. And uh, I think uh, when we talk about plan, we're talking about your goals, right? And when you have goals, as, and as you said, some, some people have very superficial goals. So they, need, they require more, more work into getting them more involved and more emotionally involved, if uh, I should say, uh, with, with, with their goal. And Because a lot of the time, when you, you don't have a good why, probably you don't have a plan and probably whatever you want to do, it's not going to get done. So uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And but what's interesting to me is that uh, I don't think a lot of people, they all want to do good stuff. But a lot of the time, they either don't have a plan, don't have a goal, or their why is not strong enough. But they're not doing anything about it, though. Why do you think that is?
1: Like, because it's work. It, it, yeah, it's exactly. it's work. Listen, listen. After this, I'm gonna make it's so hot, but I'm making myself go for the run outside. I have a treadmill inside, but I need to get out of the house. And I I, I do it not just for my physical health, but my a mental, a mental and emotional well being. It's get get the the steps in. But is it easier to sit on the couch and chill? Hundred percent, absolutely. But you're getting no results, and so something that motivates me to go out and exercise, even if I don't feel like it is the results. I know how much better it's going to make me feel. Now, if my why is to look hot in a bikini, I'm never going to go work out. Not important to me. That's a product of a misogynist society, quite frankly. So I'm like weak. Why? If my why is I want to feel really good. I want to have the energy and stamina to do eight hours of interviews and, and be a, a joyful person. I'm going to exercise every day. Right. So that's another example, but I I think it's scary for people. I think people, um, that's why chapter one of my book is stretch your comfort zone. We stay in our comfort zones because it's comfortable. So, but when we step out, we, we again, expand and grow into the people that naturally attract the opportunities and experiences and abundance that we, that we so defra- uh, desperately seek or crave. Um, so it is worth it. And I, I look at this work as like going to the gym, you can't just show up in your cute outfit and expect to be fit. Y- you've got to do the reps. You got to sweat and your personal trainer, as we all know, can't do our sit-ups or push-ups for us. It's on us, but then the good news is the results are ours as well.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you hit the nail in the head when you said, uh, you know, it's work and not everybody wants to do work. And there's a big misconception. Uh, people think that successful people do the things that they do because they, they like doing them. I'm like, that's a big misconception. That is completely false. The, the majority of the things they do, they don't like doing them, but they know it drives results. That's why they do them. So I think it's very important to talk about the aspect of doing things that we don't like to do only because it's going to deliver results. So as you said, stretch your comfort zone, get outside of your comfort zone and your potential is already unlimited there. Um,
1: or, you know, hire a coach or, or a therapist or whatever's up your alley and, and, and really work on loving all the steps involved and, in, and in creating or, um, you know, achieving your goal. Every day isn't going to be great. We all know that there's days and that's why it's so important to rest and to care for our our mental and emotional and physical, spiritual health and well being. And I can't wait to take a day off this week. You know, you go, go, go. And, And so I think anytime you're like, oh, this feels daunting, or you feel like you're going through quicksand, I would ask, do you need to switch gears? Are you really doing what you want to be doing? And Do you need some rest and time off and let your brain decompress and, and let yourself just relax. So when you do come back, you achieve a lot more in less time. You're more productive. You're more creative. You're performing at a higher level. So these are things to consider, but, but ultimately it's, it's doing things that we actually want to do while achieving the results, right? Like as a swimmer, um, sorry, my computer was making a noise. Um, as a swimmer, there was days where no, I don't want to lift weights. No, I don't want to wake up at 4 a.m. and go dive into a cold pool. But then I would look for a highlight in that. I got to connect with my teammates or um, I got to start off my day with a, a workout and just get my endorphins going. So I think try to look at the silver lining or the lesson or the good, even in those tasks that don't seem as fun right now.
0: Actually, that's, that's a good, uh, good example that you gave, uh, especially uh, doing things we don't want to do get results to ultimately make make us more successful in the one thing that we really want to become or do right and that's uh, you you know you mentioned swimming and lifting weights and i i was a professional basketball player back in the day and i hated working out I, (laughs) you you know uh skill skills wise i was good on the floor but then people were more like a lot stronger than me physically right so it's like, OK, I can beat them by skills, but I'm not beating them in, in physique. So I have to go strengthen that. I have to do something I didn't want to do because I know it was going to make me so much better. And that's a very good point. Um, the other thing you mentioned a couple of times that I wanted to highlight is mental health. So what's your experience with mental health?
1: My experience is that it's no longer something I may get around to taking care of one day. If I learned anything this past year and a half, it's that my mental health is my number one priority. I'm not willing to go to a dark place. I'm not willing to jeopardize my health in any way, shape or form to you know, achieve something or accomplish this or impress this person Absolutely not. And, and so I, I have put it first and foremost, and that starts with my minimum five minutes a day of my sit and stare time where I do exactly what it says. I sit and stare out the window. I check in with myself, like I'm a small child and say, how are you doing? What's working? What can I do for you? What isn't working? And and really give myself that space and freedom and time to decompress and reflect and process all of the nonsense going on in the world, along with all of the things going on in my personal world and, and, and try to manage all of it. But we only are able to do that effectively when we take that time out and, and we allow ourselves that time with no distractions to to really um, nurture ourselves in this way. And I, I, I cannot invite or encourage people Gosh, any more to do this? I, I'm I'm really passionate and firm about it because it's been a game changer and, and lifesaver for me during the pandemic. And it's a practice I'll, I'll use forever just to to keep my peace of mind and my wits about me. Quite frankly,
0: absolutely. And uh, you know, you you bring up another good point: uh, the pandemic, right? And how a lot of the people, I think, mental health got more highlighted during the pandemic than any time before. And uh, I mean. Especially with me, at least, you know, I, I never, I mean, the culture I come from, you know, the uh, upbringing that I had, we really never gave mental health enough credit, if you will, because, uh, you know, our, our elders would say, uh, like, if, if there's, there's, I don't know, there's some type of mental situation, they'll be like, oh, well, you'll get over it, you know? So it's like, it's, they're not saying it in a bad way, but they're also not addressing it. And now that I'm, I'm, I'm in this, I'm doing these podcasts. I'm involved more with the people that I'm involved with, which is the community of people with disabilities, including mental health Mm -hmm. issues. um, I'm realizing more and more how potent mental health is and how, how it's, it's, it's damaging to, to people. So, um, you know, It's it's very important to take care of your own mental health, and uh, if you don't know how to do it, Kate will be. I'm sure she will be glad gladly explain it to you. Well, there's a lot of, a,
1: yeah, there's a lot of exercises and strategies and tools in my book that help with that exact issue. And um, there's no shame in that. And I think that's what our culture does: is this hustle culture. If you have to work all the time and be burned out and exhausted and stressed, and, but then when you take a break, that's looked down upon too. So I think you really need to come up with your own standards and your own keys for the best way of living for you, and really unsubscribe from the struggle that is is our culture and society it's it's obnoxious quite frankly it's sick it's anything but healthy and so consciously deliberately you know intentionally unplugging for that plugging into your own thought system based on health and really carving out this time for yourself because without this what do you have and 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 Wait. unlike me, I got to a breaking point or so many people have to have a wake up call or, or be at rock bottom or experience a massive tragedy or something, before they think, oh gosh, I guess I better prioritize this. So let's prioritize this now. Um, and, and knowing again, that it's, it's not a weakness, it's actually a strength and, and you're building the inner musculature that will be able to weather any storm. And that's, that's the best part. That's Awesome.
0: Absolutely. No, that's that, that is very well put. Now uh, I want to move on to uh, in your book you talk about, well, in the title, I think it's in the title, uh, you say uh, something about self-doubt. And I want I want you to explain why self-doubt can be paralyzing for us.
1: Yeah, because again, we've fallen asleep to the truth of who we are. When we're doubting ourselves, we're forgetting how powerful we are, we're forgetting that. At any time, we can co-create with the most powerful force in the world that created the sun, the moon, the stars, the beach. Um, whether you believe in God, spirit, universe, nature, I have a colleague who doesn't believe in God but believes in nature and the divine wisdom that that turns the embryo into a baby, the acorn into the oak tree, the grass and flowers just grow. They're not competing. It is that that level of divine intelligence, and so really co-creating with that, and 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 knowing that you can do whatever you decide is important enough. You you just have to decide, call in that support and guidance. And and again, be willing to meditate and bring in that divine wisdom. And and you'll hear, you'll hear things that say, Ooh, why don't you email this person and, and do a collaboration? Ooh, why don't you call this person and see how you can serve or add value to their charity event? Whatever it is be open, become more practiced at listening, and and you'll be well on your way to a new level of success, both inner and outer.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. And uh, you're touching on a lot of points that if we get into it, I think I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, (laughs) uh, Just because, you know, the times that we're living in and the uh, ambiguity that is being thrown on us with various topics, right? but it's, it's very refreshing to hear someone, you know, speak, um, I don't want to say speak the truth, but it's speak, it's speak her heart and speaks what she believes in. So I really appreciate uh, you doing Which that. is
1: the truth, which is the truth. That's our truth. Oh, what, our, what, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, no, again, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate your honesty, your transparency. And now let's move to your modeling base. Uh, You know, uh, you say, you know, you were successful model, beautiful on the outside, yet like many of us, insecure on the inside. Why were you insecure?
1: I mean, complete strangers were picking apart what I looked on, you know, or their opinion of my genetics based on mom and dad and grandpa and grandma. And I know I chose to put myself out there in a public way, but, um, we're always told we're to something. And after a while it can start to take its toll on you. And what I learned is that we really have to cultivate our inner characteristics, like kindness and compassion and intelligence and, and also make our thoughts and beliefs about ourselves and our bodies and our appearance paramount and, and really release the rest. And I've got, you know, Kobe Bryant's Mamba mentality behind me. And one of my favorite things about the late great Kobe Bryant was he did not care what other people thought. And he had that swagger of, you know, I don't care what the people in the cheap seats are saying, who can't even dribble a basketball are saying about my basketball abilities. Um, and I I loved that attitude of, you know, staying focused on the prize and really blocking out the noise. And he was such an expert in that. And so that's what I'm grateful for the modeling career for is that it brought up all of my insecurities I didn't even know I had as a way to detox and release them and, and come up with new thought systems for myself that served me a lot better.
0: And the other thing I, I really wanted to ask you is like, so uh, the show is called mobility and inclusion. And the reason it's called mobility and inclusion is because, uh, the show is geared. It's it's not geared towards people with disabilities, but it's geared towards raising awareness, uh, to this community of people that was so often put in the back burner. Right. And a lot of the time, these people have had, more courage. And they went because they went through a lot more than their regular individual like me or you. Right. Uh, Not that I know what you went through, but you know, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, But uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted you to address someone who goes through a a life changing injury, right? Someone who wakes up one day is feeling all good. uh, And then Gets into a car accident or mm. some type of bacterial infection, and then the next day they're no longer that same person. Now they have to live with live differently, to say the least. How do you think mentally they should overcome uh and adapt to their new reality?
1: I mean. First of all, I'm so sorry to whomever this has happened to. And I've met many people in this situation, and they don't want you to feel sorry for them or pity them, as you know. And they really, I think a lot of them are grateful to still have their life, even though it, it may feel a bit more challenging. But when I think of these people, they are my superheroes, and I honor them in so many ways, and especially the ones that keep going with a positive attitude. And I've seen it, and they offer so much love and joy to people and for them, I, I want them to be authors or speakers. And I, I want them to teach us and tell us what you've learned. And I think remind people who haven't been through anything as devastating as that or challenging as that, or maybe even as liberating as that. Maybe it saved people in, in some way. It, it woke them up to a deeper truth or level of respect for themselves and, and the people around them in their lives. And so I think these can be some of our greatest teachers. And if, if they're not teaching, um, and it doesn't have to be on a grand scale, maybe within their family, maybe within their organization. But I want to learn from these people and they are my inspiration. And I, I invite them to know that they are superstars and superheroes and to share their story. I think there is so much power in storytelling and just being real about who we are and where we are and, and offering people that that space to not be judged and to celebrate what we do have and what is working. So I don't think they need my advice. I think they just may or may not, but may need an invitation to show up in all their glory and teach us, quite frankly.
0: Absolutely. And that's a, that's a great way to, um, to, to put it really, because we have so much to learn with these from, from these individuals. Uh, than we can ever uh, think it's possible. Um, And with that, I want to end our uh, time together. Thank you, Kate, for your time. Thank you for sharing all the knowledge that you shared with us. Uh, And in closing, I want to say to not be a product of your circumstance, always be a product of your decision and associate with people who are uh, likely to improve you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for your, your wisdom. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate you.
0: I appreciate you as well, Kate. Thank you so much. Uh, This is Mobility and Inclusion. I am Harrod Markarian. I'll see you next time. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.